This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, it's Melissa Rivers, and welcome to Group Text. Stay tuned for a new episode. everyone welcome to group text well sabrina what do you think are we done with 2020 just about are we happy it's gone or going or it's 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 taking its last gasps yes absolutely i'm ready to take on 2021 that scares me the way you just said that it scares <laughs> me for my own safety um we have a really fun show because we've all been talking a lot about the year and the past and the biggest stories. I mean, you can't throw a rock and not hit some sort of a show talking about those all things. So we thought, well, we're just going to join the trend, but we're going to talk about what we are interested in. Joining us again, one of our favorites, Alex Michelson, host of The Issue Is and Fox 11 (laughs) anchor. And if you follow Alex on Instagram, you're going to get really annoyed because he doesn't take a bad picture and his sister and whole family is gorgeous. It's really flipping annoying. And we're super excited to have Clark Benson, the CEO of Ranker. Anyone who has ever looked anything up online, you've seen Ranker come up. Also a serial entrepreneur with five startups under his belt. And your current sub Ranker is actually 10 years old. So it's hard to call it a startup. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's sort of just part of the internet now, right? It's yeah, uh, yeah. So so you're right, and we also have a um, a new app called Watchworthy that uh, like is basically a personalized TV recommender. I just have to put in a quick plug for that. It's uh, we can in 30 seconds find out enough about your TV tastes to then tell you what you're going to want to binge watch next. So that's Watchworthy, and it's available uh, in both app stores for Android and iOS. And it's based on all the ranker data from everybody voting on. We've collected a billion votes over the last 10 years across everything, across pop culture and and almost food. Well, sports. you're scaring me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> let's just like, like, whoa, you're a little scary. But let's just get started because we've got so much to dive into. Right off the top, there were a lot of quote unquote big stories this year. We've got everything from COVID to Trump to Joe and Kamala, to election fraud, to impeachment, to George Floyd. I mean, it's like the big stories just kept coming at us. And one of the things that I noticed was, and, and Alex, you actually reminded me, it's not just that politicians were becoming celebrities, doctors became celebrities. Let's not forget that Brad Pitt played Tony Fauci on Saturday Night Live. Um, it's all merged. Why do you why do you think that there has been this really insane sort of merge of celebrity and politicians and scientists? Why? Well, because this year there you said that there's all these stories, but there is one story that is bigger than all of them and that contributes to every single one of them. And that, of course, is COVID. 
And COVID was such an overwhelming, overriding, unprecedented story where we had never seen anything like it before. It impacted every aspect of everybody's life. And so there was a hunger for information, a, a hunger for somebody to talk straight. And uh, there was not a lot of confidence necessarily in President Trump to be the one to talk straight. And and there was, you know, feelings among others that the Democrats are trying to spin this for their own political gain. So there, there needed to be somebody that people felt like were leveling them and telling the truth because people were scared because they didn't know what was happening. And that's where somebody like Dr. Fauci was able to step up and fill that void. By the end, even he became politicized, but the beginning of the process, it felt like he was somebody who wasn't necessarily politicized and people wanted that. You know, I think when people are really, really concerned, they want information. Um, and so that, frankly, is more important than, than what the Kardashians are doing on Instagram when you're fearful for your life, when your kids are being taken out of school, when you don't know what's going to happen to your grandmother. Uh, you want somebody to tell it to you straight. And, and you know, in that scenario, you know, the news really matters. Well, that's really interesting because, Clark, I want to say to you what I noticed on your 2020 list, number one, Tom Hanks as the most influential person. Yeah, so let me explain the context around that because it is kind of a, a I, if I explain it, you'll understand sort of how divided we are to some degree, right? So every year we do a most influential pe people list and it's a long ranking, right? And, you know, I remember two years ago, I think it was, um, there were a lot of black lives, it wasn't Black Lives Matter people, but there were a lot of African-American celebrities yeah. who were influential that year. You know, usually it's a combination. It'll have, it, it's not like it's adverse to politics entirely, but it's usually more pop culture, right? Well, no, but what's interesting is Tom Hanks came in at number one. And then I think what, and number two was, I think, Joe Biden. Yeah, so like I looked at that ranking, I don't know, a week ago or so, right? And Tom Hanks was on the top 10. And I, I think that's sort of valid because he was like the first name to get uh, COVID. And he's also had a few movies this year. So like that didn't surprise me. Um, but what happens, so the ranker thing to understand is that you can upvote and downvote, okay? And what happens, unfortunately, and this did this, like even five years ago, we never saw this on ranker, was that people would come in and just reflexively like, like let's, let's just say you're a Trump fan, you downvote all the Democrats, right? Like, you know, on anything is a reflex action. We never used to see that. It was like, no, it should be influential person. It should just be what, what you know, Trump is influential, right? Why is Trump number 10? You know, he doesn't, he's, he should certainly be higher than number 10. Tom Hanks should not be number one. Biden and Kamala just absolutely should be high on the list. Fauci's on the list. I don't know where he is today, but he was number four the last time I checked, and he should probably be number one. And, you know, the only reason that the politicians aren't all at the top this year is because somebody is downvoting them from the other side. And that's kind of sad because that changes the context of influential when you literally just can't acknowledge influential as a word versus just like or dislike, right? But eh, such is America these days. Right, because I know Time Magazine picked Joe and Kamala as their person, people of the year. And obviously, I, I agree that COVID's the big story. But I think due to COVID, we have so many other stories mm -hmm. where we've become much more attached to the Internet. That 
people who, you know, that's where we were getting our information. That's where we were socializing. That's where we were doing all those things. So I think when we have to look at like the most influential story, really shouldn't it be, you know, the, 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 the resurgence or the power of the internet. That was sort of where I scratched my head because that's, again, it goes back to, we had politicians becoming celebrities and celebrities becoming politicians and people, celebrities really letting people into their lives. So I right. did scratch my hat, my, my head a lot and that a little bit. Yeah. And, 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 and the complete ra- transformation in the way that we all talk to each other, like what we're doing right now. Right. I mean, Absolutely. we're recording this podcast over zoom a year mm-hmm. ago we probably would have had to have gone into a studio, mm-hmm. sit down together, get all the mics coordinated, which mm-hmm. creates challenges for schedules and everything else and trying to make all of that work. Would it have sounded a little better? Probably sounded a little bit better, but everybody is so used to the way that this sounds now that most people don't even notice the difference because this is what they're doing all day. And it's completely transformed how you talk to everybody, who you talk to, and, and when you can talk to them. Well, right. and how you communicate and give and receive information. And, and it takes me back to your uh, most influential list, uh, Clark, because that is, some of them stunned me. Like I said, like Tom Hanks at number one was really saying Trump at number 10. And like but you said, the, like the up-down vote, but... Well, the reason Tom Hanks is number one, though, is because nobody dislikes Tom Hanks, right? So he, he because he's downvoted less, he makes it up to number right. one. It's kind of a bummer for our whole ranking, but never until this year has that been a problem, you know? But I was looking at some of your older lists as well. This is, seems to be the first year that it is not celebrity heavy. Yeah, like Billie Eilish was in the top five last year. You know, I, I forget exactly. Uh, Elon Musk and Michelle Obama are the only two that made it from last year to this year. Right. Yeah, the, the Rock and, is on there almost every year. Yeah, he wasn't he, this year. This year. You know, but it was interesting that Elon Musk and Michelle Obama were the two carryovers. Yeah, and and I think Michelle Obama's celebrity is is different than just politics, right? She's mm-hmm. really truly like a, a celebrity, uh, you know, who happened to be in politics tangentially because she was in the White House. But mm-hmm. you know, she's really become a, a person on her own. So. Yeah, I mean, just to, to kind of touch on your earlier comment about how the internet's resurgent, I wouldn't necessarily say it's so much a resurgence. It's more like a fast forward. Like I have a feeling that five to 10 years, let's say COVID didn't happen. I think that five or 10 years from the real world, not COVID happening now, we'd kind of be like this anyways. Like things were, are still going, I mean, social media, everything is still going in this direction of, we're all living our lives online. But this was just an accelerant factor that just speed jumped it ahead five to 10 years. The big question I have is when things go back to normal, say next summer or whenever this actually happens, is it going to pull back? You know, I'm sure it'll pull back a little bit, but I, I'm pretty sure that like things have changed on some level permanently. Alex, right. And to, that's a good thing. And, well, to your, to your point about the celebrities, I, I was thinking about part of the reason for that is you know, movies have been closed almost the right. entire that's year. That's why The Rock so didn't show up on the list because he normally is a blockbuster, you know, so, with his movies. So you, but yet his social blew up. You think of the, 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 the things that, you know, celebrities would draw us to these mass events, right? Uh, concerts, movies, theater, other things like that. There hasn't been any of that. 
there hasn't been, I mean, we had the Oscars earlier in the year, but there haven't been the, the big flashy award shows. There hasn't been all of that. And the way people have consumed TV shows has changed so much that almost no one, unfortunately, is watching network TV. Of course, except for the issue is in the Fox 11 News. But, but besides of that, you know, the, the, the network primetime shows are not getting the audience. So everybody is watching Netflix and Apple TV and Hulu and everything, but they're watching different things at different times and it's niche programming. So this sort of big, you know, American family, we're all getting together to watch something has changed. And the only thing that people have all watched together this year were like the presidential debates, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. That mm -hmm. got, that was the highest rated show of the year other than the Super Bowl because because that was a moment that everybody was watching the same thing. And so those are the things that now become more of the celebrities because the celebrities themselves, because of all of this, have sort of had to take a back seat. Whether that changes or not, when people can start going to movie theaters again, will there be a hunger to go to a movie theater physically because people are so sick of being at their house? Or will people say, you know what, this is a whole lot cheaper, it's a lot easier, it's a pain to go park and pay for the popcorn and all the rest of that stuff. I enjoy staying home more, or will people say, man, it's so nice to go out again? And that's what we're going to have to see in the next year. Well, being a true, I say being a true Los Angelino, for me, yeah. anywhere I go is all about the parking. I now yeah. won't go places <laughs> that doesn't have like easy parking. It's yeah. just, but that's, that's just me. Um, with, with, it's interesting because you talk about that. I think we've gotten a lot more um, cross generational viewing than we have had in a long, long time. Did you find an aging up or an aging down, Clark, in, in your lists? I would say uh, a little bit down, um, you, you know, and, and, and can I throw it like maybe not a pure list example? I mean, this is on a bunch of our lists, but what fascinated me um, on this topic of sort of um, offline things confluing into online is the success of Hamilton, right? Like, my kids have watched, my daughter has literally watched Hamilton 15 times. And, you know, I don't know if we would have taken a nine-year-old and spent 200 bucks, whatever it is, a ticket mm -hmm. to see Hamilton if that hadn't happened. And I, I can't think of another example where a, a, a theater production really blew up, you know, on, on TV, right? Like that was kind of just like, wow, out of nowhere. And, 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 and to some degree, maybe that will augment theater over time and people will get, will get more, you know, because theater seems to me to be something that like you either follow the theater or you don't, but you don't dabble in it. People don't go see, you know, a, 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 a play every four years. They either go to plays or they don't go to plays. Now right. you might see more people that are actually going to the theater because they've been exposed to it, right? Mm -hmm. From Hamilton and from TV. And it's kind of like how comedy in the 70s, stand-up comedy got big because, you know, the Tonight Show and everything was just hammering stand-ups after the comedy store opened and people got accustomed to that. So who knows where that's going to go? But yes, we have definitely seen, you know, another thing that, that's happened is cross-generational like when we were kids or you know i think a lot of us are in the same demographic the stuff my parents liked i had nothing to do with i didn't want anything to do with what they liked right but now like the mandalorian like howard stern this morning was talking about the mandalorian he's like 65 you know and and my kids like the mandalorian and i like you know it's like the 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 the, the media you know an avengers movie or a mandalorian or something appeals broadly to like three generations. And we've never really seen that before. 
Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Are you getting paid by Disney Plus? That was like the Sorry, greatest yeah. advertising that was, that ever. Was like, for their, they, they, we need to put a promo in the middle of this. <laughs> Which Bob Iger is sponsoring this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and again, because I'm also a little bit of a list obsessive. We were talking about that offline. Um, looking at the most annoying celebrities, all <laughs> internet people. Except for the, and the Kardashians, by the way, took up six of the spots and people don't really think of them. I think they think of them more of as TV, but they really are. Their biggest presence is through social media. All top 10 internet influencers, people whose living is made from being online. I found Mm -hmm. that fascinating because again, the year before it, what those weren't the most annoying people. Mm -hmm. Well, to to be clear, I think the Kardashians are on there every year. But you're right. Like, you know, YouTubers <laughs> have not been in the top 10 until this year. I, uh, you know, you've got YouTubers boxing on. Well, on, Jake Paul was number one. Yeah. Like, it, it, the, 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 you know, and I don't look, I, I don't love the cultural trend towards influencers being everything, but it's reality. Like, it's it's. Uh, I don't even know who, uh, like, Jeffree Star is the number three on the list. I had to look up the person. I don't even know who he is. Alex, do you know who he is? Okay, no tell idea. us who he is. So you can't be annoyed if you don't even know who they are. Well, apparently well, yeah. somebody was very annoyed. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> who is he? That's, I guess, my question. I, I, I guess he's a YouTuber who um, had a cosmetics line and was accused of racism. And so there's the reason why that's becoming, obviously, high ranking on an annoying list. But or, or sick of list, I think, is the, is the list. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the world has, uh, you know, like I said, I, I don't think you can put the genie back in the bottle on some of these things. I think the world has truly just changed on on this influencer side of things. Another thing I found really interesting. Oh, go ahead, Alex. Oh, I was just going to say, I think, you know, to your point about technology and, and the Internet being the star, um, I, I think that that both COVID and technology really drove the the Black Lives Matter movement this year as well. You know, you think of that George Floyd video, a viral video, which was seen on the phones of almost every person in America first. And it's something that was shared. And and because it was, you know, so long and so graphic, it's something that may not have made it on to regular TV to like literally sit there and feel it for nine minutes, which is really what gives you the emotional reaction to it. But because almost everybody was home at the time, Mm -hmm. um, you know, had free time, had been pent up for months and was already irritated and ready to get out of the house and then experience this together there was this collective reaction to it and i think people were able to protest and go outside and do things in a way that if they had to go to their regular jobs at the office they may not have been able to do from a practical perspective or may not have had the the time or been in that space in their phone so much where they would have interacted with that content quite to the level that it did and I think that really was a transformational moment for race relations in this country. Yeah, Clark, how much did do you think you saw uh, race race up and down in your overall in the influence of your lists this year? Yeah, I got to be honest with you. Un- unfortunately, um, I go back to the downvoting thing, which again, up until really recently, we, we people would consume any ranker list with the context perfectly in mind uh, and and they wouldn't downvote just based on 
hatred and stuff. But we've seen a little bit of that, frankly, where um, you know African American celebrities will get downvoted reflexively, and and we've we've looked into this. You know, what you see on Ranker is different than what our back end sees, right? Right. So we can look into this technically, and we can see, oh, this is just a bunch of um, um, you know people coming in and, and reflexively downvoting everything in this one sort of demographic category and upvoting everything in another or political category or whatever. And it's really sad to see because again, rankers kind of like, you're only voting on a ranker list. You're not, okay, so social media, you're projecting your persona, right? Right. You're voting on a ranker list. Nobody sees what you're doing, right? So so you don't have to spin or project anything. You're literally just doing it because you're kind of geeking out on the topic. That's the only incentive to vote on a ranker list. And you know, we, we've, we've kind of liked that anonymity because it, 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 it's truthful. People just do, do what they believe in and they're not fronting, right? Right. This year, for the first time, we, you know, well, not just this year, but the last two years, really, but accelerating this year, we're seeing people voting in these patterns and, you, and they, it, it's just because they're sitting there and they're angry. Or maybe somebody put um, a Facebook post or like one of these weird new, you know, conservative social networks or whatever, where like they're saying, hey, downvote everybody on this list because they lo- it looks bad to have them on the top or whatever. And we have ways of, of detecting sort of gaming and bias. Uh, we, we had to put these things in place years ago because it'd be like K-pop singers, fan bases would come and upvote the singer to the top of the best singers of all time. Well, kind of like, by the way, which we have to discuss the fact that they that whole sort of K-pop fan base did pull off one of the greatest stunts of the year by buying all those tickets to the Trump rally and then not showing up. I mean, well, well, and I think that, uh, um, that, that sort of uh, tangentially uh, relates to what Alex said is that it's not just um, that George Floyd is happening on everybody's phones, but it's also that the technology, social media, the internet give us the ability to very quickly um, get groups of people together to react to things in real life, right? Like the protests would never have been so big on all levels, including the current protests against mask wearing and whatnot, if it wasn't so easy to do on social media and to get this group together and say, show up there at the Capitol and complain or whatever. Like you couldn't have done that. You know, sure, um, five years ago, you you were maybe able to do that. Remember like flash mobs they had? Yeah, yeah. Five Mm -hmm. or 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. But nowadays, everybody is just constantly on social media 24-7. And so when they see something that they want to respond to, it's like clockwork like that. And that is, you know, another thing that I think the genie's out of the bottle. I don't see how we change that. And and I think there's a peer, there's a peer pressure, there's a peer pressure aspect to that too. Yes. Right. Uh, When you look Mm -hmm. about voting. And the days before the election, every one of your friends is holding the sticker that says vote. Every celebrity that you like is holding the thing that says vote. Every athlete is doing that. So then you hey, feel hey, like hey, I'm going to miss that. out. So easy there, Tiger. I, I did it too. <laughs> I did it too. I think it was a good thing, right? We had the, the highest voter turnout in the history of the country because it, it, at some point it feels like there's a party going on and you don't want to miss out. You don't want to be the uncool kid. You want to be able to put your sticker up there too. I mean, I think we saw the same thing with a lot of those Black Lives Matter protests, that there were so many people that not only protest, but then live stream their protests or post their selfie while they're protesting or showcase their sign. And then, you know, for people that may not watch the the news every night on TV, although I wish they would. Um, <laughs> on specifically, uh, specifically, if you're in Los Angeles, where? Where on Fox 11, Los Angeles, or, or across the state on 
the issue is, as you said, I need to hire you as an announcer. Exactly. Uh, but uh, <laughs> that's but all right. We're following that, you, Alex. We're we're yeah, your biggest for, fans. Thank thank you. But for people that may not get their information that way, um, a, a younger generation that does get their information via Instagram or Snapchat or or wherever they are, and they see their friends, they see other people involved in these issues that way. Then there's more of a social pressure, I think, for people to participate in, and I think that has really. Uh, grown a lot of these movements in an exponential way that we haven't seen in years past. And, and, and Alex, I mean, you're, you're so smart. You always, you always pretty much somehow more eloquently say what is flying around my head. But Clark, what I noticed when you were just talking is I never thought of rancor. And now I do. It's almost a, a snapshot. Like there's a whole psychological thing happening reflecting in your lists that we're actually watching in real time play out in the world. I mean, it's, it's pulling back the curtain, which I know you weren't prepared to do on this show to me on ranker is fascinating. The, the underlying data of, you know, from a pop culture standpoint, it's like fans who like this also like this, which allows us to build like a watchworthy app and have a whole different thing. That's a personal recommender. But from a, a sociological point of view, you know, yeah, you do start to see these underlying trends going on and you see them changing, you know, 10 years is a long enough time to be able to see them, them actually really changing. Um, one of the things that we, we, we've been, it, it's, we haven't, I, I don't want to say that we've done a deep, deep enough dive on this yet, but I, but I want to bring it up because it relates to, you know, you, you mentioned cross-generational and there's a, another thing that I think is fascinating and that I don't know that it's been talked about quite as much um, in the press as, 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 as it is because everybody's in their generational consumption bubble. So, you, you know, you were saying Snapchat and, and Instagram, right? Think about it like this. If you're 12 to 18, it's TikTok. If you're 18 to 25, it's Snapchat. If it's 25 to 35, it's Instagram and maybe Facebook. If you know, and then so there's a Facebook and Instagram overlap, and then Facebook goes all the way up, and then Twitter's on the side here. Like if you're more participatory and more broad, like, and then there's just you know, TV, there's regular media, there's old media, there's what you know we're used to and everything. And it's so convoluted and all over the place and happening so fast. TikTok wasn't even around two years ago. You know, it's like like ah, like trying to keep up and trying to develop strategies if you're a politician or if you're, you know, a publicist or whatever. It's like, it, it, is, it is the fastest moving um, uh, uh, and, and, and changing just community. It's so different than Walter Cronkite just saying, this is what's happening today in the news. I, you know, to some degree, it, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's creating some of the problems that we're having because people can't even keep an eye on that other bubble, right? You don't even know what this generation is talking about because you're not, you're t- I, I don't know how to use TikTok, do you? You know, like, so. Well, well, more, shame more than on to you. some degree. <laughs> yeah. Shame on you. I saw a TikTok the other day with Henry Winkler. So if he can do it. <laughs> <laughs> they're very, they're always very frustrated at me because like, I can't do any of it. I'm really just a spaz. I I I, I admit it. Um, one thing I find always interesting, you know, and again, we're talking about big stories and we got sort of into a whole sociological thing, which is fascinating to me. Um, I think what a lot of people don't know, and I know this from my years of, of work and 
you guys both in, sort of know this little dirty little secret. Every news organization, media has what they call the death pool, which is they predict who's going to die and have a bitch. Basically, once someone famous turns like 70, they always have an obit ready to go. So they can just like update it and send it out. Um, this year's death pool wasn't very accurate, I found. Well, thanks to COVID. Hello. No, but no, what I'm saying is Ruth Gator Ginsburg wasn't on it and she died. And the only one I think, at least Clark, from one of your she, lists she, was. She wasn't, she wasn't on yours. <laughs> but no, but Clark, what I found the only one that. I don't know what news rank, organization you're working. Yeah, then that rank, that ranker hit right. was oh, what? Ranker. Kirk Douglas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yours almost felt a little bit. Your 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 people had almost felt some of them were kind of wish lists. Yes. <laughs> well, I, I hate to bring up the politics again, right? Like, and and I don't know if it applies to Ruth Bader Ginsburg because you would think that, like, yes, we want her to die. You know, like if you're on the 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 right, right? But um, you know, you're right. Like, usually our our death list is pretty good. Like, you yeah. Know, I, I don't really love to sit here and say we've got an awesome death pool at Ranker, right? But like, you know, it, usually it it, it, it it always gets a ton of votes. I think this year I'm looking at it right now. It has uh, 383,000 votes. So certainly the public has spoken on it. And I'm not. It's hard to argue with Harvey Weinstein and Prince Philip being at the top two, right? Yeah. <laughs> But but yes, you're right. Usually in the top, say, 20 or so, we get, you know, sadly, we get three, four, five of them right. And this year we whiffed. Yeah. Well, kind of a good thing. Yeah. But I, but like, like Alex, we were saying, like, people don't know that. They are literally obituaries ready to go for what, it, you know, and you just hope or what, you don't. Slow news day? No, because things have oh. to, so you know that, because things have to move just, so look, fast. I just, threw, I just threw that out there. I'm sorry. You know, That's things it. have to move so fast. I mean, nowadays with speed, you know, how things, how things move. But I thought, I'm like, wow, that, that, that was a bit of a whiff of a list. Alex, but Alex, back me up on this. Every major news organization does have. The death pool. Yeah, well, it would be, it would be, it would, well, I don't know if the, the news organizations literally do like bets on it, but no, uh, they're not I, I doing think, bets it would, on it, it, would, at, it, would, it at Ranker would either. Be, it, it would almost be uh, <laughs> ir- irresponsible to not have some of that ready to go. I mean, I was, uh, I was on the air when Ruth Bader Ginsburg died this year. Um, I was actually doing a hit for our affiliate in San Francisco that airs our show. And I see this on my phone. I'm like, do I break this to them? And then they bring it up. And then I went on the air for the next like three hours talking about it. And, uh, and I'm grateful that, that our network had some material that was ready to go that could be sent out quickly. Uh, because, you know, you, 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 uh, for a story of that magnitude, you want to have a well-constructed, you know, story to put that life in context versus scrambling at the very last second to try to do all of that um, because it's a big, important story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, right. The secret's out. Everyone has, has death pools, yeah. death lists, call them, you know, oh, it ready. Very, it, it's very weird. I don't know if have you ever had the experience, Melissa, where you've actually tracked an obit. It is a, it is a very yes. strange thing in, in, yes. in advance talking about somebody yes. who's now dead, who actually is alive. Yes. I, I, when I was an intern at CBS news, we, you know, I had to some, I forget who it was, but I had to pre-write somebody's 
uh, you know, the L.A. Bureau helped pre-write somebody's obit who was on death watch, you know. Yep. So then you, it's just, because it becomes, sadly, it becomes plug and play, basically. Yep. So Clark, news to both of us, what we should probably do is prepare ours, send it out so that we can actually be in control of our narrative. Since <laughs> basically... Yeah. <laughs> I was scrolling through this and I see RBG is number 50 on the list. Right. And like, um, I think that what happened, the reason she wasn't higher is a little bit of magical thinking on the left. People were just like, I can't even contemplate RBG dying this year. So I'm not going to vote her up on that list. And what's odd is Hillary was right next to her on the list and Hillary's, you know, what, 20 years younger than I <laughs> Right. Like, so, you know, I, 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 I think that, you know, people vote on this list generally pretty well. You know, Bill, I can see Bill Cosby. He's number four. I can yeah. see him, right? He's old, you know. I mean, um, the, the, I was actually kind of surprised that most of the top 10 were still with us. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So I guess you're right. It turned out to be a good, good ranking for That's, a bad that- year. Yeah, that's the be- that's the better game to play. Put up somebody's picture. Are they alive or are they dead? No, no, that's not good because a lot of people would be very unhappy with the state of their careers. We don't need another. Who was the first one that Scott Bayo was dead? I mean, like, um, they're, they're alive, but their careers are dead. Exactly. Which is a whole different list. One of the before we start to wrap up, one of the things I found fascinating, and it goes back to what were the big stories? Mm-hmm. Um and I, I still firmly believe that the way we communicate was the biggest story of the year. Um, apparently, Time Magazine did not did not agree with me, but that was my gut. I have to flag one ranker list, which is <laughs> Donald Trump came in number 10 at most influential, but 12 at most annoying celebrity. That cracked me up that he still made the annoying celebrity list. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, so we have, we, have, we have moderators who will be like, no, that doesn't belong in that category. But when you're confronted with Donald Trump, I mean, what are you going to say? I, if I was moderating that list, I would have kept him on it, right? I yeah. Mean, celebrity. And, and, you know, normally we exclude politicians. But in this case... He would not be a politician were he not a celebrity, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. So let's just talk, start to talk about twenty twenty one a tiny bit. Let's get some predictions. Time for you guys to start to read the tea leaves. Alex, what do you think? And we're not going to say the inauguration. We're taking that off. We all know that's going to be a huge story, especially just with how different it's going to look. Um, right? Yeah, I'm going. You are. Yeah. Nice. How'd you get invited? Nice. I don't. I didn't get invited. I just got assigned. We'll see how we're gonna. I don't know what access we're gonna get, but we're gonna be there for that coverage. That we should be. That's fun. gonna okay. be amazing. Yes. That's, yeah. That is gonna be phenomenal, especially in. We'll have to have you back. It's gonna be unlike. Here comes the history major. Unlike any other inauguration in history, hark, until we start to harken back to the founding fathers who were simply inaugurated in the Capitol at the time. It's right. start, it, it's it's a very weird historical moment like that, especially with Kamala being inaugurated that way. So right. That's and, if right. They, and if they have to physically escort Trump out. Yeah, that will be really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sorry, went full geeky history major <laughs> for a moment. Um, <laughs> so skipping what that the inauguration is going to really represent the original 
inaugurations, and I'm talking Washington, Adams, that group, you know, we all that know that famous portrait of being in the well at the time of the Congress at the time and Washington taking the oath of office. It's, and they've already said it's going to be at the cap. It's going to be fascinating. Sorry, geeking out again. Um, what do you think next year, right now, if you had to guess, what's going to be the biggest story at the beginning of 2021? For the first time, uh, the, the, the va- vaccine distribution. Uh, mm-hmm. We've never seen anything like this in the history of the country where you are going to try to have hundreds of millions of people in this country and billions of people around the world vaccinated. Are people going to take the vaccine? How is that going to work? Are they going to come back for their second booster shot? How do you keep track of people mm-hmm. so that they actually do come back for a second booster shot? If people don't take it, what would be the threshold where you need to start opening things up again? Um, you know, and and what and and when we do reopen, what re- is open again, and what what goes away permanently? Uh, you know, we've been basically deferring payment on a lot of taxes, on a lot of uh, mortgages, on rents, and everything like that. Are we going to have an eviction crisis in this country when the rent comes due, and all of a sudden people can't pay it? Um, you know, the, the, the return to quote unquote normal and whatever that looks like um, is going to be a very complicated process. And no doubt that's going to be the biggest story of 2021. If the pandemic was the biggest story of 2020, recovering from the pandemic is the biggest story of 2021. A friend of ours actually always talks about the biggest crisis we're facing is the food crisis. Right. Yeah. People going hungry. I mean, what a shame, you know, and you think and you and, and the, the unfortunate reality is. So many people that control the money in this country view the health of our country based off of what's happening with the Dow Jones Industrial Average and not what's happening based off of the food lines that we see in this country. We have at the same time, the rich getting way richer and then people not being able to have a basic meal. Um, and it really is sad. And, and the pandemic has exacerbated all of the, uh, the, the rich poor divide in this country. Absolutely. Even more to, to a whole nother level. I mean, even in, in our and in not far from our neighborhood, Melissa, in in, in West LA, it is it, it is an abomination that you have near Brentwood, one of the wealthiest mm-hmm. areas in the entire country, where half of the celebrities live and almost every CEO lives. And then just down the street is mm-hmm. the VA, the Veterans Affairs Complex, mm-hmm. and outside is a row of tents with American mm-hmm. flags on it a country that they served, a country that's leaving these people behind. And that tent city Mm -hmm. grows bigger and bigger every time Mm -hmm. you drive past it. And then you drive just up the street and there's a $25 million house with 10 bedrooms and somebody who uses that as a vacation home. You know, it just feels- What what I even find more startling is that it's literally literally half a block away from one of the big power- restaurants where all these people go for lunch and dinner. Right. That's always fascinating to me. But, you know, as much as I love being serious, Clark, can you come swim around in the shallow end of the pool with me for a minute? (laughs) What are the biggest, who are going to be the biggest celebrities? What, what list are you, are you, who's going to, who's going to rise and who's going to drop in your influencers, both good and bad list. Do you see coming? I was going to talk about climate change, but okay. So (laughs) (laughs) I am, by the way, trust me, I usually, I'm very happy paddling around on a float in the shallow end with a drink. And every now and again, I roll off the the, the raft and swim to the deep end of the pool and go, that's enough and swim back. (laughs) 
Yeah. So I, I, I think what you're, what we are going to see is this, um, it, it's going to be like a, a tale of two years, right? Cause you're going to still be like the first six months of, of next year are going to be like this year in a lot of ways. And then I do think that people, I, I think it's pretty clear that people are going to go out and do things and just get, you know, it's going to be so pent up at that point. So I do think you're going to see certain things like, for example, Taylor Swift and you know, there's so many rock bands that and, and, and pop acts that had tours kind of planned and the, or maybe they didn't at the time. But at this point, they're like, hey, got to put food on the table. B, I'm sick of being at home and C, you know, people are ready to go out and, and see live music. And, and, and I think this exact same analogy would apply to theater. Right. And, and right. God help us, hopefully movies, because hopefully they won't destroy that before it's too late. So I, I think, um, you know, you'll definitely, from a celebrity point of view, you will see musicians higher profile, especially touring musicians who can really create a spectacle higher profile than, than we saw this year. I mean, there's actually been some decent music uh, out this year, but it's not, you know, it's just not out, out in your face because nobody's performing live. So you're like event, you think the big story next year and the people with influence are going to be event based performers. And maybe that's a little bit of magical thinking on my, on my end because I am a big music nerd and, and, and I am dying to get out of the house for that. But yes, that, I, I do think, um, you know, the, 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 we'll see a slight pullback in just your Instagram being the only, um, you know, like measure of your celebrity. And if you can go out there and, and fill a stadium, you know, you, you're going to get uh, attention. Nice. Don't you think there might, there might also be a baby boom at the end of next year? From well, all these people it, that are that well, are pent like up home. and haven't been able and have been home, who haven't been able to date, that might be like, let's go. They they say there was already <laughs> yeah. a, there's already a lot of COVID babies. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's probably going to be a divorce boom as well, uh, which may mm-hmm. also end up with a baby boom, depending on uh, <laughs> you can say. Oh, you all are making my head hurt. I can barely like get a date. Anyway, guys, it has <laughs> been fascinating. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. You both Amazing. have to come back multiple times. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. Thank you. 